The following is a production of Art Trap Productions, brought to you by the Gallifrey Embassy and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode brought to you by Pachak Supporting Subscribers. Go to arttrap.com slash Pachak Supporter to become a supporting subscriber. Support the show and get extra content and other bonuses. This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash podshock. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Podshock Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch now in the iTunes App Store. Live from the 65th floor of the Shard Building, it's Doctor Who, Podshock. That is not supposed to happen. Hello? Ah, hello. I can't find the internet. Sorry? It's gone. The internet. I can't find it anywhere. Where is it? The internet? Yes, the internet. Why don't I have the internet? It's 12.07. I got half past three. Am I finding a different time zone? Yeah, you really sort of are. They show up on the bill. Oh, I dread to think. Listen, where did you get this number? The woman in the shop wrote it down. It's a helpline, isn't it? She said it's the best helpline out there in the universe, she said. What woman? Who was she? I don't know. The woman in the shop. So, why isn't there internet? Shouldn't it just sort of be there? Look, listen, I'm not actually... This isn't... You have clicked on the Wi-Fi button, haven't you? Hang on. Um... Click on the Wi-Fi. You'll see a list of names to see what you recognise. She's asking me for a password. Is it okay if I go and see Nina? You can call her mum. Sure. Um, what's the password for the internet? R-Y-C-B-A-R-1-2-3. How am I supposed to remember that? Is it an evil spirit? It's a woman. Hang on. It's just a mo. Run, you clever boy, and remember. One. Run, you Two. What did you say? Don't shout. Now you made me type it wrong. It's throwing me out again. What do I do? How do I get back in? It's just a, um, a, a thing. Remember the password. Run, you clever boy. And remember. Hang on. Hello? Yes? I hear you. Uh, the Gallifrey Embassy presents Doctor Who Podshock, episode 288. This is Louis Trapani, and with me, joining me on this show, is none other than Dave A.C. Cooper across the pond. Hello, Dave. Are you going to let me in yet? Can I come in now? <laughs> Let's keep quiet. Can you let me in? Hi, Louis. <laughs> Who are you? Where am I? <laughs> it's good to have you back, Dave. And, uh, and, if that clip didn't clue you in, we will be reviewing uh, this. This episode, we'll be reviewing the Bells of Saint John, which is obviously a 
um, a Matt Smith story. It's the um, the first one. Uh, I hate. I don't know if you want to say the first one of this of this year, really, of 2013. It's sort of the the first one of the second half of the series seven or series season or series whatever. seven episode yeah. seven. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I this the whole name conventions of you know call, restarting the numbers again in 2005. You know where it's it's it's. I think really this should be like season 34 or something like that. I don't, I don't know. That's why I usually just say, you know, the, the 2013 series, because it's just, you, you can't fail, you know, you know, it's, that's when it came out, you know, but just to keep track of half series and full series and dividing them up and splitting them up, which, um, actually, um, that reminds me of a news item that well, I guess we, didn't we, write down, yeah. we could jump right into news. <laughs> I'm with you. No, <laughs> um, I think that one deserves mentioning, though. Because, yeah, yeah, uh, no, I, I was going to mention it, but but before I do, okay, now we can. <laughs> now we can mention it. <laughs> uh, did you want to or? No, no, no. It's just that, that um, it seems as though we won't be having a split uh, series coming up. It, it may well be that it will start, is it August sometime? And um, be a continuous one. Um, well, it, will, it, won't be a split it won't be a split series for 2014, So, which is good. Um, now, August, I... I you mean April, right? I hope you you were, you would you just made a mistake there. Not we don't have to. No, I think. Uh, oh, I make mistakes. Don't worry, I do make mistakes. But I'm sure one of the ones I read was uh, that it might not start until in other words, starting the the end of summer again. And when no. they mean August, I think they might. Yeah, I think <laughs> you, it, you mean we're going to have this Christmas ep special, and then we're going to have to wait eight months before another Doctor Who episode. You know what they say about these podcasts, don't you? Preparation, <laughs> preparation, preparation. H, preparation, H. <laughs> yeah. um, no, 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 Ian's not here. <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> yes, Ian uh, couldn't join us tonight, but he's here in spirit, and uh, and he has spoon in hand. <laughs> so, yeah. so I hope that's not the case. I mean, we usually... it's It's usually... I mean, the past few years, it's been usually like April or, or March that the new series begins. So you don't have that long of a wait after the Christmas special. But well, I, well, I'm reading here from the wiki page. The series eight of the British science fiction program Dot Who is planned to air during August 2014. Wow! In other words, not starting in April and then stopping and then returning end of, but not starting until. August. Yeah, no, I mean, I heard they weren't going to do a split series, but I assumed, and, you know, they say never assume, but I assume it was still going to start in, you know, around April and then just continue on, you know, do it, you know, whatever. I mean, even if they did, it's not so bad when they do a split series where it's like, um, you know, spring and then a few months and then it comes back again. But this past time it was, you know, we had half of it in 2013 uh, 2012 and then the other half in 2013 so it, it it was sort of like split across two years so if you split it you know confine it within the same year it's not too bad but but not by having a continuous season but having to wait till April, to August is yeah uh, uh, and they're talking about 12 episodes 
and presumably another Christmas special, so 13. In other words, not 13 plus a Christmas special. Again, according to the Wiki page list mm-hmm. of serials there, but they confirmed on their Twitter account that the new series would air in 2014. The series is rumoured to contain 12 episodes and it's expected to be broadcast from August 2014. Uh, Moffat has said they are committed to producing at least 13 episodes in 2014. Uh, though, although it's not known whether this includes the 2014 Christmas special. Mm-hmm. And as I say that, well, of course, we're only uh, a week, two weeks away from this uh, year's Christmas yeah. special. Well, there's speculation that the reason why the split, flat, that the Series 7 split, you know, was across two years is to um, because of budgetary concerns and to allow for them to do the Day of the Doctor special. And obviously they, they spent some money on that. You know, if, if you've seen that, you saw the effects and how much, um, you know, they did spend some, I don't know what John Hurt demanded, but I'm sure, you know, it, it cost a pretty penny to make. So uh, maybe that was the justification of kind of splitting Series 7 across you know, 2012 and 2013, and then it allowed them to focus on the on the 50th anniversary special and 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 everything that that surrounded it. And it could it could have cost me to accommodate uh, Peter Cabaldi, uh, who's going to appear in 2014 in The Musketeers, uh, and that is a, a BBC One. I think it's a co-production with BBC America, and that will be broadcast in 2014. Perhaps they didn't want him. Perhaps they didn't want to introduce a new Doctor Who when people are watching him on a different night as Cardinal Richelieu. Perhaps they decided that it would be better for the two series not to be shown concurrently, as it were. That's that's possible. And that's just me speculating, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, and we know how my speculations go. <laughs> Down well, the pan. No, you never know. Anything's possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well... We're, we're... So, uh, anything else uh, as far as um, no, the split goes? All right. No, no, I was just looking to see if they actually had a, an air date for the Three Musketeers. But it doesn't seem so. Uh-huh. Just says 2014. So that would be my guess. They've, they've come to an arrangement. Because obviously that's also a BBC production. So it's not a question of him being, you know, uh, playing Doctor Who on one channel and playing Cardinal Richelieu on another TV channel that completely unconnected series if they're both BBC products they want to maximise you know the, uh, the uh, so that that would seem to be the reason and also it would give the uh, perhaps Stephen Moffat is uh, I mean he must be exhausted the poor man well he uh, also does Sherlock exactly that's yeah. another thing and of course the, there is speculation that um well, certainly I've heard speculation that the way he's, he's sort of seems to be finally addressing some of the uh, the loose ends that are set up and he's trying to clarify things off screen about gener- regenerations and so on. Maybe him setting his house in order for Before he leaves the next showrunner to, to come yeah, to the fore, yeah. That's, a lot of people are speculating that might be the case. I mean, he hasn't expressed anything to that nature, but at least to my knowledge... But it seems that might be the case. 
Well, I mean, look at Matt Smith. Uh, up to a few weeks before he, I know. he, he, he confirmed he was leaving, <laughs> he was saying, I'm happy with Doctor Who, I'm happy to stay Doctor Who. Yeah. Uh, and I think he is. It's just, uh, I suppose it's a career move, I think. Yeah, I, I think a lot of actors, you know, feel that after, th- you know, three years or four years, they, they don't want to get tied down to the role where that where other people only see him you know, as that role, you know, typecasting or pigeonholed as, you know, as that role, as good as it may be, you know, if career-wise you want to move on and do other things and you don't want to be turned down parts because, oh, well, that's, you know, that's Doctor Who. We can't, he can't be playing a a, um, a homicidal maniac or whatever, you know. So you want to go off and do other things to prove that you can do other things. Well, to, to, to paraphrase a, a great man tapping his nose... Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's still the doctor. He says that himself, you know. And uh, <laughs> you know, and all the other uh, past doctors still say, you know, that they're still the doctor. And you know, and it's understandable. Once you're Doctor Who, you know, it stays with you for a lifetime. And 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 revisit some of your old favorites. Yes, <laughs> like a new Ninth Doctor. Say no more. Say no more. <laughs> <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. Uh, there's uh, Dave with his conspiracy theories. <laughs> it was a lone gunner, that's all it was. <laughs> oh, I come up with these great things and all Ian says is... <laughs> <laughs> so Ian is actually with us today. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we've got the best part of him. <laughs> I can switch him on enough. Ian in a box. <laughs> Well, yeah. So, um, well, uh, as we record this, we're two weeks away from Christmas, and uh, when this goes out, obviously, be less than that. But uh, speaking of Christmas, there's um, and speaking of Stephen Moffat, there's going to be a Christmas um, mini episode, not for Doctor Who, but for Sherlock, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, well, Sherlock the series, but uh, Sherlock will be getting a mini episode. Which, to mind, have there been other mini episodes for Sherlock, or is this something that that now has bled over from Doctor Who to uh, to the Sherlock series that he also produces? Uh... No, I don't think there has. But it, it's it's the equivalent of, uh, I suppose, Night of the Doctor that we saw. I mean, oh, so I don't Paul, know Paul McGann will be regenerating into <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or Moriarty. You know? yeah, well, uh, no, yeah, uh, but I think it, it's basically that. Be it's it, it's just to pump up the uh, the excitement. Yeah. I mean, uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, Sherlock is uh, to my man one of the. I mean, the only reason that it's not fabulous drama uh, like something like Breaking Bad is the fact that you know we've only had six episodes or seven episodes of it, is that where Breaking Bad was fantastic for 62 episodes. So, I mean, that's the only thing that doesn't elevate it to that sort of, uh, you know, hysterical fan status. But it is phenomenally good drama. But, yes, um, but, I think we... But this... episodes are long, aren't they? Like, aren't they like, an hour, like maybe like an hour and 15 minutes or something, or an hour and a half? Episodes. Yeah, they, they are long. So, yes, I suppose it's equivalent. You could argue we've had the equivalent of 13 episodes in, in time-wise. Yeah, they're, um, you know, and they're exceptionally done. They're almost, they're, they're almost like, for, um, you know, I guess 
for American audiences. Movie of like, the week. I was, uh, yeah. You read my mind. I was just going to say they almost like a movie of the week type of thing. Yep. Indeed. Well, uh, speaking of movie of the week, in two weeks from now on Christmas Day, it's been confirmed that both BBC and BBC America uh, will be showing it not not simultaneously, but will be showing it on Christmas Day. The next uh, Christmas special for Doctor Who, which is called "The Time of the Doctor." And uh, also, as we record this today, earlier today, they released a new trailer for that, a promote, you know, promotional trailer for that. It's available now. It's on the on the on YouTube, I believe. Both BBC America and BBC Proper both have it available on their respective YouTube channels. Indeed, and I think if you go to .dot2news.net, I think they've got a, a, a link to it. You can. Play it on their page, yeah. Thirty-one seconds. You're right. Yeah, and most likely by the time this episode goes goes out, the we'll have it embedded on our site to Podshock.net. So um, you could check it out if you like. If you're trying to stay spoiler free, then um, that's understandable. It's um, I don't know. This the trailer didn't I without giving anything away. I just I wasn't too impressed by this trailer. I, I, I saw it and I saw it twice, and it's okay, but it just didn't really grab me as I um, had hoped it would. Well, well, I haven't watched it. I mean, I, I, I've got, for my sins, my desktop wallpaper is the is the first wallpaper they gave out. And if you study that enough, you can, if you, if you really wanted to spoil yourself, you can read so many things into it. So a 30-second trailer, good heavens, we, I've done podcasts where we've spent an hour talking about a 30-second trailer. So <laughs> you, you've got to be careful. Yeah, yeah. Well, speaking about spending our whole episode talking about something that's relatively short, the mini episode, The Night of the Doctor, is something that could be easily done where we could take a whole episode of Doctor Who Podshock and just talk about The Night of the Doctor, which was a a, a great gift to many Doctor Who fans that was um, an unexpected gift to see Paul McGann back in uh, playing the role as the Doctor. And I'm assuming you've seen it by now, otherwise I, I just spoiled it for you, but I'm going to assume that now that it's it's about almost a month since its um, debut that you've seen it. And it's also now available on iTunes. It's part of their 50th anniversary collection of you know for Doctor Who. To my understanding, I think someone reported back to me that it's not available. It's in other words, it's part of the package or the season that you have to. Even though it's not a true season, but in iTunes terminology, you could buy this fiftieth anniversary collection as a season, and it's part of that package. But I was told that you couldn't you couldn't download it like the, You couldn't get it individually. You have to buy the package to get it to. Right. So um, I had already bought the package. So I to me, it's just available. I, I can't tell. I mean, I have to go by what other people tell me. So it's unfortunate because I know uh, the other mini episode before the 50th anniversary, which was called The Last Day, was available for free. And you could you could download it and, and have it without buying the package. But this, I not think, is comparable, not... comparable, though. I mean... Uh, oh, yeah, that, yeah. That was... Yeah. I mean, the the, the 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 there's a lot of daylight between those two. Oh yes, pardon the pun. Yeah. Well, I, I when <laughs> when the last day came out, I said the difference between the night of the doctor and the last day is is the is same is the same as the difference between night and day because um, <laughs> it just it, it naturally uh, was an apt comparison. 
Well, the last day is more of a teaser, isn't it? But but anyway, uh, certainly, I think we we on Podshot, uh, well, Podshot on Colton, episode 230, we did, you know, we did a three-hour show on the night of the Doctor and the science of Doctor Who. So, I mean, it, there was an awful lot in it and people reading ever uh, as much as they could in. And, of course also part and parcel of all this debate that's going on. I don't think we'll be getting into it, but all this debate that's going on about, you know, how many regenerations have been used up and so on and so forth. But there you go. Yeah, we can go into a whole show just about that, just talking about the regenerations of the Doctor. Uh, You know, and perhaps we will at one point, but not now. I think we need to watch the time of the Doctor and see how this you know, see how Paul Capaldi, Capaldi, <laughs> Peter, 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 Peter. For some reason, he looks like a Paul to me. I don't know why he does. I, I have to, I have to get it into my head. His, he's Peter, not Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Peter, Paul, and Mary. <laughs> yeah. So we'll have to see how he, how his regeneration comes all about, and if uh, Dave's theory comes to be his speculation or if there's something else up the sleeve of of the Moff, as they say, or Stephen Moffat. Time will tell, and yep. time Indeed. is uh, two weeks away. Indeed. Do we want to mention there's some sad news at this point? And just, Hold on. Uh, deal with it. Okay, now we can. <laughs> yeah, the, just after we'd done, I think, the last recording, um, there was more news of a, a, a sad death. Of course, with Doctor Who being uh, on air for so long, I suppose it's inevitable that and um, we've had a... Well, we had a horrendous time uh, just over a year or so ago with some very uh, precious members of the team. Well, they're all precious, I suppose. They've all made their contribution. And this is um, Barry Jackson, uh, age 75, uh, he's played three roles in Doctor Who, uh, appearing in six episodes, and I'm reading from the Doctor Who News.net uh, tribute to him. In the 1965, he played uh, Ascaris, is that, in the William mm. Hartnell story, The Romans, a mute assassin who tried to kill the Doctor. He returned to the series in Mission to the Unknown, where he played uh, Jeff Garvey, a member of the expedition to the planet Kemble. Was that Kemble? The Fugitive? No, never go. <laughs> uh, his final appearance is in the series as Drax. I think most people might remember that one more. The Renegade Time Lord and previous friend of the Doctor on Gallifrey in the 1979 story, The Armageddon Factor. Yeah, and then he has a whole host so, I mean, of it, other miscellaneous parts. Oh, absolutely, in, yeah. All creatures great and small to Blake, Blake Seven. Seven. Yeah. Yeah, pulled out secret armies, Ed cars. Yeah, uh, lots of things. Adam Adamant lives, Afe Andromeda. Quite a few science fiction ones there. Mm-hmm. So it's a sad loss. Um, Seventy-five is relatively young in my in my book. So it's it's always sad when someone um, passes. You know that. Um, you know, in, in today's world, you know, I know. You know, uh, I don't know what the the, the death. The you know what the the average lifetime well, is right now, but for for men in the UK, it's about eighty one, yeah, eighty three so. for women. 
Well, um, I know uh, Tom Baker is pushing eighty, <laughs> or or is, is he uh, eighty yet? Now I can't I can't recall when his birthday I th- is. I think he is actually uh, unless he's eighty this year. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's always sad when we lose um, someone that's been in Doctor Who, or, or yeah. But uh, such is life, and such is death. All right. Oh, you're getting involved now. Right I'm sorry, Dave. I didn't mean to uh, typewriter type over you. So let's, <laughs> let's see what else we have. Uh, well, Murray Gold's on. Uh, let's go. Into, let's go from sad news to good news. So, yes, composer and dramatist uh, Murray Gold has received a uh, pres- a prestigious accolade. 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 <laughs> Tom Baker, by the way, is 79. He'll be 80 on the 20th of January next year. Ah. All right, so uh, so Murray Gold is being recognized in the 2014 edition of Doctor Who, Who's Who. No, no, I'm only kidding. In Who's Who, which is uh, not Doctor Who related, but more of a, a um, industry, um, you know, um, um, the Movers and Shakers. It's a book about the Movers and Shakers that's been going for, oh, since 18, 1849, it says here. Uh, I mean, really, it's getting the who's who. In fact, uh, we talked, mentioned Sherlock a minute ago. Sherlock used to always keep a copy of who's who. Uh, and Dr. Watson would sometimes, you know, when they'd say that uh, uh, somebody marks of this or that, uh, you know, is calling about the uh, the blue carbuncle or whatever it happened to be. Uh, then um, Dr. Watson would get out the who's who and say, listen to this, Holmes. Yeah, t- and, uh, t- today it's Wikipedia, but back then it was the who's who. <laughs> yeah, indeed. So, so yeah, it's a big, uh, big deal. Yeah, well, he definitely is someone that, that warrants mention. Um, his, his, mus- his music is um, now a standard in Doctor Who, and it, um, I, I think um, everyone appreciates what he has brought to the series. Yep, indeed. Well, I just wanted to make a mention that, you know, we I mentioned before about the time, uh, not the time, the, uh, rather the Night of the Doctor, the mini-episode, is available on I- and iTunes. It's part of the 50th anniversary collection that iTunes has. And also within that collection, there's a couple documentaries. One is um, called Doctor Who Explained, which is about 44 minutes. And there's also another one called Revisited Tales from the TARDIS, and the reason why I'm making a mention of it, it's, it's not really news, really, but I, I just want to, uh, it's, I guess it's newsworthy, was that often on Doctor Who Pachak we'll get people inquiring how to introduce so-and-so to Doctor Who. And, and we usually, you know, we'll say, oh, you know, watch this episode or that episode, you know, uh, you know be it Blink or, uh, um, I don't know, the whatever, you know, there the, are the, the lots of key episodes that could be used as introduction episodes. But outside of that, I mean, there's these documentaries that were put together that sort of gives people a um, an overall outlook of what you know of Do- of Doctor Who you know so because someone that's coming into it right now might not understand what it's all about and might feel intimidated by that and these are put together in an entertaining way there they have 
like all the living actors that had played the doctors are interviewed in them and they, they so everyone sort of has their input some of the other some of the companions you know everyone from Carol Ann Ford uh, William Russell are in them you know talking about the early days so but it's it's done in a very modern fast you know fast paced um it's it doesn't get bogged down too much so it's it, if you have like a 44 uh, you know 45 minutes to spare and you want to introduce someone to maybe the series and give them like a a crash course if you will on Doctor Who and and what it's all about this might be something worth looking into. I'm, I'm not saying not to show them an, a, an actual episode because that's uh, probably be the best thing to do. But in addition to that, if you have the time, you know, this is something worthwhile to take a look at. So um, that's part of the iTunes collection, but it's also available on YouTube as well. And YouTube has a 50th anniversary collection of, of uh, videos available, and but you can buy them individually and I believe this one is like a dollar ninety nine on YouTube. I'm not sure. You probably might be able to buy it individually on um, on iTunes as well, though. I can't quote you the price because I've already bought the the, the package. And once you do that, the the prices are what what used to be the button that had the price on it now will say download on it. So I'm not sure what the price is. It might be a comparable price on YouTube, but um, again, just giving you options. Because it's something that I know a lot of our listeners are always asking for. How can we introduce, you know, Doctor Who to someone that knows nothing about it? Right. Now, I, I thought when you read that, I thought I also saw that it, it was coming on the the Watch channel that has, has been mentioned before. That's a, one of the subscription channels. But when when I was looking up on the Watch channel, um, I didn't actually get a confirmation of that, but just related to Doctor Who, they are uh, re-showing um, uh, Series 3, is it, at the moment, of Doctor Who. They're, they're showing um, Evolution of the Daleks, Lazarus Experiment 42, Human Nature, you know, Family of Blood, Blink, Utopia, uh, r- leading up to, um, I think, Waters of Mars on... Well, actually, they're showing two or three episodes a day here on the Watch Channel, but it's, it's not a very... Um, Large channel. I, mean, I don't know what the actual numbers are. I mean, there may be a, pil- a million. Well, actually, quite a few people may get it as part of their sort of umbrella of uh, other channels. Mm-hmm. But um, if you're in the UK, especially, and you have the Watch Channel, they are they are blitzing Doctor Who uh, all the way through, and I'm looking and following. It's even all the way into January. Wow. Um, yeah, and they've also um, had the, uh, doc- the... This is the channel in the UK with the ones that were showing the Doctors Revisited uh, that had been on BBC America, and this was the only channel that was showing the Revisited here in the UK. So uh, they've obviously found uh, that that's drawing in people to their channel, I would assume. And I'm just looking at BBC America to see if maybe... Because uh, often these things, the things that are, appear on iTunes are... Uh, shows that have been on BBC America, so it may have been on BBC America. Uh, so that they may repeat it, so you might be able to catch it there. And uh, I'm just looking through right now. I, I don't see it offhand, but that's not to say it, it hasn't been on it. it I'm, I'm assuming it maybe it had because I said uh, most of the things on iTunes are stuff that were on BBC America first. Right. All right. Uh, and while. Uh, well, there's just one other thing I want to mention. In the UK, mm-hmm. um, we've just had a few more channels go 
high definition. And the only one I just want to mention here is BBC Three that is now available if your TV is up to it in your decoder box. If you get uh, TV via Freeview or FreeSat via a decoder box, it uh, can you know, work with HD uh, because uh, BBC Three is the channel that is the one channel that does show lots of uh, Dot Who uh, during the week, showing, you know, previous series. It's very rarely now that uh, Doctor Who gets a repeat on the main BBC One channel. Uh, it tends to get its second showing on, B- uh, on BBC Three and then later. But, of course, if you'd watched it in high definition, for some people, once they've seen it in high definition, to then try and watch it on... Um, BBC Three uh, in standard was, you know, not you know not quite as um, mm-hmm. compelling. Um, down, but sure. um, that is some, yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, once you've seen them in high, high definition, uh, and I've heard people say as well, if you've got a surround sound system hooked up to your TV, if you've listened to Doctor Who in surround sound, it sounds very flat in stereo after that. Well, I, you know, one thing that's good, great about us reviewing, uh, you know, today's episode of Doctor Who Pachak, we are reviewing The Bells of St. John, which is obviously from earlier this year. And at that time, I had seen it, but I was still recovering from uh, Superstorm, Superstorm Sandy. And at that, um, my uh, TV, my HDTV was in storage. And the only thing I was able to, to do is, uh, you know, to watch it on a standard definition television or watch it on my iPad or um, or on the computer or whatever. So I didn't, you know, now I'm watching these episodes again. And, and in a sense for the first, even though I've seen them already, in a sense for the first time, because they're now I'm enjoying them in full HD on, you know, on a large screen and in Dolby digital sound. So instead, you know, with surround sound. So, uh, you know, it's, it's a whole nother level and of appreciation now that I have, it's sort of like watching them new because, um, you know, I was only getting half of it before in a sense. So, you know, I, I can understand that. Yeah, well, 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 one straight, I mean, we must move on, but one of the things that, that just perhaps gives an idea of that is the fact that we've had these recent screenings where, uh, you know, some of these episodes, uh, uh, you know, have had... Uh, showings on a on a massive screen around the country and showing in was it 174 countries? Now that just shows you the quality. Uh, of course, when you buy a, uh, they will be showing uh, the Blu-ray quality one. That means uh, uh, 1080p. When you're seeing it on, certainly in the UK, when you're seeing it in high definition, uh, we don't broadcast at 1080p yet. It's uh, 1080i. Oh, oh, 1080. No, it's okay. 1080i. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mostly it, it, even here in the states. A lot of the, everything that that's that's 1080 is usually 1080i, not 1080p, for the most part. But um, you know, at least to my understanding, on uh, on cable and satellite, when it's 1080, it's usually 1080i. Yeah, uh, and if it, if they tried to show it the other one, they'd, they'd have to compress it anyway because of the the sheer you know bit rate. Mm-hmm. So it's still worth buying Blu-rays, even if you've seen it. In high definition, that's where I'm leading towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Any other news items? I know that um, th- there are photos that have been released by BBC for um, you know for the time of the Doctor 
and also BBC America has released some. I'm not sure if they're the same exact ones or not. I was I was about to, before we started recording, I was about to look into that, and then I got sidetracked. So uh, let's just see if I can do a quick look. Yeah, at there's it. about 16 showing it here uh, from BBC America. The trouble is that um, when you show see 16 clips and they're each from sort of different scenes. You get in too much, to my mind, of a feel of what's coming. Um, uh, apart, apart from the obvious thing that you might might guess who the foe or maybe foes are involved, you, you, you get the look and feel of the costumes and the the period and the and the. Oh so okay. I'm almost sorry. I've seen them. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can so, confirm uh, that they're not the same. There are different pictures that BBC America has and. If you're, you know, if you don't want to, I mean, not that it's, um, some of it could be considered spoilery. So depending on how fresh you want this to be, you might want to avoid some of these pictures. Yeah, I'd stay away. Yeah, I mean, there, there was, again, I, I just saw something that <laughs> I didn't see in the, in the, in the trailers, but now I, I know to expect it in the episode. Um, and I'm not going <laughs> to say what it is. I'm not going to say. It's snowing. It's yeah. snowing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that rounds out our news section. And all right, so then we'll be right back right after this with more Talk to Me Pachak and our review of The Bells of St. John. Hi, this is Waris Hussein. Thank you for listening to Dr. Who. Okay, well, it's the middle of December, and you might be thinking that our Audible selection for this episode would be something holiday-themed, and you know what? You would be wrong. (laughs) It's not. But we are reviewing the Bells of St. John in this episode, so this selection has something to do with that, um, that story. So what will be re- what's our selection for our audible pick for this week? It's Doctor Who Summer Falls, written by listen carefully Amelia Williams. But before I go into this book, let's remind everyone, and if you're a listener to Doctor Who Podcast, you'll know that Audible is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. They have over a hundred thousand titles to choose from in all different genres be it thrillers, business, romance, comedy, and yes, science fiction and Doctor Who and so much more. Audible titles will play on your iPhone, Kindle, Android, over 500 devices for listening anytime and anywhere. And for you, listeners of Doctor Who Podshock, Audible is offering a free audiobook download. Yes, a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial so you have a chance to check out their service. Now, to get your free Audible audiobook, simply go to audibletrial.com dot com slash podshock again that's audible trial dot com slash podshock for your free audiobook so as i said this selection is none other than doctor who summer falls i'm tempted to say summer falls no more but <laughs> it's actually doctor who summer falls it's written by uh, supposedly written by amelia williams and it's narrated by Claire Corbet, and let's hear a little bit of it now. She waited until halfway through the tinned soup. Mum, she asked, does the man next door really kill people? Kate's mother gave her 
the look. Clearly, there would be no help there. Kate set herself an afternoon goal. She would find out what was going on, which sent her on a mission to Watchcombe. Armand's father worked at the pharmacy, so she decided on going there to buy soap or a fishing net. It was an old shop in the market square, its windows lined with yellow cellophane. Stood outside were two women, both giving the appearance of great bustle while standing still for a decent gossip. Kate lingered next to them, turning a critical eye to homes for sale in the window of the estate agent. "'Well,' tuttered one to the other, "'I really shouldn't stop, as I must get some fish cakes for Arthur's tea.' "'Allardyce is using more bread in them than he should,' said the other. The first nodded. "'His batter's not fit neither,' and she thinned her lips. "'Not since his Lucy went away.' "'Oh, this town,' the second clucked, and gave a significant glance at the pharmacy. "'Not what it was, not what it was!' "'Old Miss Doyle is the latest. Natural causes, they said. But we know better, don't we?' "'Oh, yes,' the first put in. "'No smoke without fire.' Satisfied, she turned away from the pharmacy and trotted down the street. Kate went into the pharmacy and rifled through a display of fishing nets and plastic spades. Next to this, an old dog slept in a basket. Behind the counter, a distinguished Indian man was handing a wrapped paper package to a severe-looking woman. "'Your prescription, madam.' "'Splendid. Thank you.' The woman made to put it in her shopping basket and then hesitated. "'I'm sure it's all in order, Mr. Das, but I was just wondering if Mr. Stevens would mind checking.' The paper bag hovered between them. Mr. Das's smile hung in place. "'It is precisely your prescription, Mrs. Groves.' She did not move. "'All the same.' Mr. Das's smile lost its grip and fell from his face. With a startling suddenness, a twinkling old man burst from the back of the shop, heading off the explosion by plucking up the paper bag and opening it. "'We're only too happy, only too happy, Mrs. Groves,' the little man laughed, holding the pill bottle up to the light. "'All in order. Don't take more than two now, will you? We can't be too careful, can we?' He gave her the package, and this time it vanished into Mrs. Groves' shopping basket. With a cheerful, "'Thank you, Mr. Stevens,' she left the shop with a tinkle. Mr. Das turned to his employer, his tone tight. "'I do wish you would let me handle it, sir. There was nothing wrong with the prescription.' "'Oh, absolutely not.' <laughs> "'If you thought that was good, wait until you get to Chapter 11, you'll cry your eyes out.' Once again, that's uh, Doctor Who's Summer Falls. That could be your selection, or you could choose anything that they have to offer um, as for your free audiobook. To get your free audiobook, simply go to audibletrial.com slash pachock. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash pachock for your free audiobook. And if you didn't get that URL right now, go to our website, pachock.net, and you'll find links to it there as well. Me. Well, yes. Yes, I am. You can explain what happened to me. There's something in the Wi-Fi. Okay. This whole world is swimming in Wi-Fi. We're living in a Wi-Fi soup. Suppose something got inside it. Suppose there was something living in the Wi-Fi, harvesting human minds, extracting them. 
A computer could hack another computer, a living, sentient computer. Well, wherever you were, you brought something extra back, which I very much doubt you're going to be allowed to keep. You and me inside that box now. I'm sorry? Just get inside. Both of us. Oh, trust me. You'll understand what's in there. I bet I will. Doctor Who Podshock. Spoilers. Spoilers. Again. Spoilers. 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 All right. Well, if you haven't gotten the idea yet, anything after this will be spoilers. If you have not seen... Okay, we we got the idea. (laughs) If you have not seen... uh, Doctor Who, The Bells of St. John, we are reviewing it here. So, again, so going forward, if you if you don't want to hear anything more, then you might want to stop this episode now. But since The Bells of St. John did premiere, I believe it was in March, the end of March, if I'm not mistaken. Thir- uh, 30th of March. 30, yeah. Okay, 30th of March definitely qualifies as the end of March of 2013. And we are recording this on... Uh, what's today? The 11th of December, 2013. So we're going to assume that you've seen it already. Or, But, you know, the, the one thing great about Doctor Who is that you're getting new viewers in all the time. You know, it's 50 years and going now. So there may be people listening to this episode of Doctor Who Podshock a few years from now that are just, you know, that haven't gotten to uh, the bells of St. John yet, perhaps. So you never know. That's why, you know, we do these spoiler alerts, even though it might seem a little you know, silly. But we do it anyway, it's just so, because people are not always on the same page when it comes to Doctor Who fandom and, and watching it and people discovering the show at different times. So, um, you know, it, it, it could be that um, um, the Armageddon factor could be spoilers. You know, if we spoke about that right, in 1979 episode, if, if you hadn't seen it yet. So you never know. And if it's the 100th anniversary of Doctor Who, I hope you're having a great time. Yes, and I'm glad we're still being remembered and someone's listening to us at that at this time. <laughs> Certainly, we will be well gone. Well, I, I don't know. I, Dave will still be with us. Oh, <laughs> sticking around the aisle. <laughs> Dave, Dave is a Time Lord himself, so I'm hoping hoping some of that magic rubs off on me. because um, 116 is entirely feasible. Yeah, never know. So, um, let's see, um, yeah, the 100th anniversary of Doctor Who would be, um, 2063. I'll mark it on my calendar. <laughs> my, my 500-year <laughs> diary. My 500-year yes. diary. 
absolutely. Yeah, I mean, one of the things about this episode, uh, of course, uh, we, the, the previous episode, just to put it into context, was um, the uh, the snowmen, the, Which we the previous Christmas one. A few episodes ago, we did review the snowmen. Yeah, and um, this this one, of course, as you said, March, uh, a 45-minute episode. Um, mm-hmm. Overnight ratings were about uh, 6.8 uh, 6.68 million, and it got a, an appreciation index of 87. So, um, quite a good one. One of the clever things about this was um, the title. I mean, totally misleading title. Yes, yes. Um, because the, it, the bells only has a, a small reference in this story, so it's it's completely misleading in a sense because um, you know after you get where you know where the bells of Saint John you know fits into the story that's that's it that's it <laughs> it has no other re- you know inkling or reference to the story whatsoever yeah i think that the last time we'd had the outside fo- phone used it was a was the uh, was it the empty child um, yeah i believe and strange- i i, well, I, I yeah. think that was maybe like the first time it was it was well i don't know the first time it was actually used no. in, in in a working sense i i think we've We've seen it, you know, um, perhaps before, but I don't know. Yeah, the, the, but that was the last time it was actually used in the same of, you know, actually ringing and, uh, and you, the mm-hmm. ninth doctor saying it's impossible, you know, it's not connected properly and things like that. And if it's not too much of a spoiler, of course, in a, the most recent episode that's aired, um, uh, the doctor's hanging outside the target trying to use that very same phone again. Well, which we, you know, we just played the clip, you know, where um, I, I believe, you know, the doctor is talking to uh, Clara on the phone there. And she explains that she got the number from from a shop, you know, someone um, who said that it was like the, the best helpline in the universe that a woman gave it to her. So now this gives into speculation on who this woman was, you know, that gave her this phone number that, that was like a direct number to the TARDIS. And was, I mean, I don't know, who could it be? River Song? Well, the other the only one we know that works in a shop is Sally Sparrow. But uh, whether she'd still have any connections with the Doctor, I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, you didn't think of that one, did you? No, but no. she worked in a record shop. <laughs> well, the, like you said, the last uh, the last time he got a phone call on that number was someone looking for his mommy. Right, right. I mean, I'm quite happy for that to remain. Uh, you know, unclarified. It's uh, clarified. That, that oh, I see what you did there yeah. using Clara. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice that one myself. Um, but um, um, you clever uh, boy. Is this now? This is the first episode again. Where isn't this the first episode where we had to start seeing, you know, dates superimposed upon the scenery? It's not. Uh, the, it's, you know, uh, it's not the first, but it's it's become a tradition now. It's we we've seen that uh, a few times before, but it's it's now become more uh, uh, now. I guess it's becoming more of a staple. It certainly has been, and uh, of course, it allows them to make that joke when she's saying, and he's saying, you know, it's twelve oh seven. This is no, it's not. It's three. <laughs> The yeah. poor girl thinks she's phoned an international phone number. <laughs> Am I going to be charged but of course for that? The, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, of course, the, w- when the, the monks come to him with the message, he's actually painting her. And this is, um, again, rather 
a good connection in a way to the snowman because in the snowman the doctor's still uh, licking his wounds isn't he in well, the previous episode where he's got the TARDIS on a cloud mm-hmm. now he's he's gone basically he's gone see but to, I, I, um, I think it's know, sort of con- I think it sort of contradicts the end of the, of the snowman because it seems like at the end of the snowman he finally like decided to it's know, getting better yeah yeah he's, he was he was like jumping back into life and then here we are he's back in solitude again and it sort of contradicts the end of the the snowman but you know well, I don't, I don't know. Uh, spoiler for that. I mean, she does die in that. So you can argue that... Uh, but you're right, the tail end of it seems to think he's got a quest on his hands. Yeah, he so was why jumping around the, the, the council and he was like, oh, well, you know, he was right. all excited to find right. out who, who Clara is. And, and oh, we should also... That, that brings us to the... There was a, quote, prequel mini-episode before this, which... Um, which which was released, I think, on the 23rd of March, or it was like a week before. Yeah, it was the 23rd of March that it was released, which has the Doctor, uh, interesting enough, meeting, uh, again, spoiler here, we're assuming you've seen it, whatever, but I already did the spoiler. So we, uh, once again, the Doctor meets a future companion as a child. You know, we've seen this before with Amy, but now he does it again. If you see... He's uh, on if, just to refresh people's memories. If you if you if you maybe you've seen the mini episode, but it's been a while. Is that he's on a swing set and he's, he's a child um, comes up to him and he speaks with her and she he explains that he's looking for uh, Clara or a friend. I think he, I don't think he doesn't use the name because then just use the yeah. name. Yeah. So um, yeah, you know, and then we find out later that that little girl was. A young was the young Clara Os, um, Oswald. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, once what I did like as well was the the great transition. You know, she's on the phone with him, and then, uh, like, as you say, the very first clip we started with. You know, uh, as I came in, banging on the door. She's obviously, uh, you know, she's not foolish this girl but of course what's happened in the meantime is um when she'd put uh and that was rather good wasn't it the password is uh uh run run you clever uh, boy and remember run you clever and remember me uh and of course the she'd mishit the number the first time but the second time she'd hit it and oh we haven't mentioned the book uh the book that uh, the the one of the children has summer summer falls the book, which of course is where the spoonhead gets the uh, the persona of the mm-hmm. girl that comes yeah. down the stairs, and that written by Amelia Williams. Ah, and wait till you get to chapter eleven; you'll be crying your eyeballs out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that was very well done on the stairs. I thought, and um, uh, here uh, one of the things I thought this was, um, and I remember Ian were very impressed with her acting, uh, Clara's, uh, Argena's acting, uh, that scene on the staircase and her disbelief. I mean, uh, talk about being able to react to other things. You know, when she's not got lines to say, uh, she is total believable. She's there in the moment. Mm-hmm. She sort of doesn't sort of drift off or go pan-faced as uh, one certain actress, I thought, used to do. Uh, I think she's... Uh, Really, really good. Uh, I but, agree. Uh, I think she's very. Of course, well. we get. She's, yeah. She does very well. She. I think she's. Uh, I. I don't know. How, you know. 
if, if they had other, you know, I don't know how they found her, but I think she's a very good choice for uh, for an actress um, and, and for a companion here. It's very interesting. Well, I, I, mean, I mean, what I love story. about I mean, she's a big. What I love about Clara yeah. is that she is very clever. She's a, it's not that she's she sort of reminds me of um, uh, oh my god uh, uh, Zoe uh, uh, a bit, but Ooh. but but it's not that she's book smart, you know. But she's clever. She's very clever. So she may not she she'll catch on and grasp things quickly. Just like she she didn't know before this story, she didn't know about computers. But now she does, and now and then you know when we saw her, when we see when we see her later in her timeline, but earlier in our timeline in the Doctor's timeline when she's souffle girl, she's you know a computer whiz. Asylum of the Daleks, you mean? Yeah. Yes. So yeah. and and and, and uh, I mean, uh, speaking of which, this story oh. we we find out the origin of Oswin. You know the name. You know is um, she coins it herself. Uh, I mean, first the doctor says it when she when he knocks at the door. You know, Clara Oswin Oswald. And he goes, I don't know about the middle one, but yes, it's Clara Oswald. And then later on, you know, she says, you know, for the win or something like that. And then she goes Oswin, and you know, and I guess you know that's how she got the name. Yeah, it's a little bit like in Quantum Leap where uh, the, he ends up giving the people the Peggy Sue, a Piggy Sue, and things like that. Yeah, it's good. Um, there, there was a, there was an awful lot there in, in that scene. Um, uh, again, uh, we've had a couple of times now where we've got somehow they they've written in the words Doctor Who into the story. Mm. Now I don't know why they're doing that so much. I mean, uh, you know, well, I didn't know how much I like people saying that. It's almost as though to remind new viewers that that's what this show's yeah, called. Yeah, they, uh, it, they seem to be going out of their way to, to emphasize that. We had it in the Snowman. Where uh, you know the, the the doctor's playing with the puppets in the, in 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 um, the children's room, and, you know, and Clara's there, or whatever, and you know. But but anyway, it seems like in every episode, you know, that, that's sort of like um, being called out to us. Yeah. Now this episode, in a way, is a companion episode. It's an introduction of a new companion, isn't it? And um, I think some of the criticisms that I remember reading about and talking to people about was that um, jumping to the end of this, the actual uh, and it turns out to be, of course we've said spoilers, it turns out to be the great intelligence mm. behind this and it's a very similar story to um, The Idiot's Lantern in some respects but he's actually quite easily defeated at the end but that seems to be the way that they do what must be a, classed as a companion introductory story even though we've seen versions of Clara before. We've seen her, as we just mentioned, in the Asylum of the Daleks. We've seen her in the Christmas, the Snowman. The snowman. Uh, and, uh, and, uh, snowman, yeah. And, of course, that's why he runs to her door, because he, he you know, he's found her, and that's why, you know, he, he expects her to know who he is, because he doesn't know her mystery, so he assumes that she'll know him. Mm. I suppose a little bit like Riversong knew him when he didn't know Riversong, but his hopes are dashed there. But really, this is, uh, you know, another Rose. It's another Smith and Jones in, in, in every sense, I would have thought. Yeah. But it's interesting that Clara is like the only companion that has like multiple introductions. Like you said, you, we were introduced to her in a sense um, in, in The Snowman and we, yeah. we initially was a, a Silent of the Daleks and now... Um, and and this here, you know, like like once she like this is the only companion that that 
was uh, you know in- introduced to the TARDIS and was uh, you know twice over, you know each one being unique, you know, and it- it's interesting in that respect. Yeah, well, like the two monks said right at the beginning, uh, when they see the painting, is that the woman that died twice? Yes, it's the woman who died twice and was introduced three times. So, (laughs) (laughs) but 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 once we get, and then there's a um, there's a few nice uh, switches in this. We 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 have the 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 battle, of course, when the the doctor saves her from being uploaded. Um, and we have this uh, battle, and uh, uh, we learn about this. I can't pronounce this woman's name either. Um, uh, Miss Kits, 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 Kits Letters. Yeah. Yeah, played by uh, uh, Celia Imry. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Uh, I've seen her in lots of things. She's a, a, a very. Uh, Interesting and and, uh, and an mm-hmm. actress that's been on lots of stuff in the yeah. in the UK. Um, she had a familiar face when I saw her. She she looked familiar. Yes. Yeah, she was uh, and Bergerac, uh, absolutely fabulous. Upstairs, downstairs, mm-hmm. Gormenghast, uh, uh lots of things. Uh, she's in a, a comedy series after you're gone. That was uh, with Nicholas. Yeah, she's been in Lots Kingdom and Steve with Stephen Fry. You know, she's one of these great character actors that that seem being brought into Doctor Who. We've, we've seen them in stories like Midnight and uh, uh, Forty Two, where they've they've brought really good, strong character actresses into the role. I mean, she has a Judy Dench. Bonus. She has like a Dame Judy, Judy Dench quality to her. Oh, absolutely, and I think she's classically trained as well, so that's not unexpected, I would have thought. Mm-hmm. She's she's also been in things with Victoria Wood and uh, uh, lots of things like that. Yeah, but um, the the point is that we we we, we get this um, the, the fact that the Doctor's very soon onto this sort of, as we said, the idiot lantern type of story that's going to unfold. We missed out with the uh, with the first clip, of course. We can, you can't play all these clips and can't uh, cover the whole story. But um, uh, we, it started off with that uh, young man talking to the camera, didn't it? You know, don't click on it, don't click on it. Uh, and I don't know where we are. And we see this lovely bank of, I think there are lots of iPads on a wall mm. <laughs> where they've all been captured. And of course. Um, this this was perhaps one of the weaknesses. This is one of the stories that when you do actually start to look into it, it, it doesn't hold that true because you see people collapsing in the street when their their essence is taken by one of these uh, spoonheads, which is basically a Wi-Fi hotspot for want of a better name. Th- their bodies can't survive much more than 24 hours. Even if they're taken to a hospital and put on a drip, maybe they'll last for a, a few weeks. Of course, the people who actually work in the Shard, and of course, it was great, great scoop for that. Uh, we've just had a, a tremendous burst of building in London. Now, people might think, "Well, hang on a minute. I thought, I thought, UK was broke, just like America was." Well, the point is that because of the long lead time into building all these buildings, most of these were, you know, planned, uh, designed eight, ten years yeah. ago in the boom years, mm-hmm. and then they were committed. And of course. 
the child is one of those uh, recent ones. So uh, they must have been absolutely pleased that it was used because it's it, it, it's just... I mean, like we had um, when uh, the Ninth Doctor was in the story with... Uh, he's looking for, in the very first story, Rose, he's looking for some bigger tenor somewhere. There's something near the river and Rose is pointing to the London Eye right behind mm. him. <laughs> Which is a big Ferris wheel for those anyway, that aren't familiar with it. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but uh, I mean that that all worked very well. We got this concept of um, being. In fact, hang on a minute, Lewis. I think I'll just upgrade your intelligence while we're talking. Yeah. There you are. You're intelligent now, Lewis. Say something intelligent, Lewis. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> Well, well no, no, hang on. I'll, I'll bring down your modesty. Bring down your modesty. <laughs> put up your conviction. There's your intelligence. Well, well, to this point, I have to say, when the first time seeing this, when this first came out in March, when we saw that opening that you sp- speak of about, um, you know, th- this guy warning people about Wi-Fi, you know, at, being like a technologist watching this episode, you, you first, your first reaction is being wary about it because it seems like every time mainstream science fiction tackles tech, they get a lot wrong and it kind of takes you out of the story. And I have to say, you know, uh, you know, I'll, you give artistic license to a certain point and if they don't cross the line too much, then you can just, you know, bear with it and, and just go with the story. And I have to say that that was the case here. It wasn't too bad. Now, if you want me to nitpick, yes, the, the alien font that was used in the Wi-Fi list, well, that font would have to be installed on all those devices, all those computers, all those phones would have to have that font first installed before it would appear on the list. And then that software for the Wi-Fi would need to be, you know, that, that gives that list would be modified to support multiple fonts. But that's getting really into the nitty-gritty of things. So it's not like independent. I think it was a clinger. You know, Independence Day, that movie was kind of, you know, anyone that anyone that oh. has any any tech cred, whatever, <laughs> would, would the skin would be crawling watching Independence Day. So it's it's not like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it could have been like a Klingon one that most people would have on their thing. But just to not correct you, but just to mention that uh, there's only just recently here uh, news that something like... Um, you know, um, one of the government offices was something like it's been actively following something like 17 million mobile phones for the last three years, tr- tracking you know all not not the content of the phone calls, but just simply where where the phone was location. located. Yeah, location. It's, uh, yeah, in terms, in, t- in fact, some people actually switch the tracking on on purpose, uh, and, and obviously, if you have a, if you give a child a phone, you as an adult can set it so that you can always, you can hit the button, and they're not outside the school gates, they're at the chip shop down the road, you know where they shouldn't be. But uh, I mean that aspect of it, and, and one of the things that um, uh, this woman says as well that she loves London because of all the cameras. Well, it, yes. that is absolutely true because uh, it's the most... I mean, I think if you go for a day trip into London, you'll appear on something like 5,000 cameras by the time you've come home. Yeah, well, it's part of the, the security there in, in London. That, that it was, It's called... Was it C... Was it, what is it called? Uh, CCTV. CCTV, yeah. So, and that's not the first... We've seen that before in Doctor... Maybe it was Torchwood or uh, when... Uh, was it a Torchwood episode or a Doctor Who episode yeah. where they first think, see the TARDIS, the, the TARDIS materialize and they're they're oh. aware of it because of the of the monitor, of the you know because it's so well 
Yeah, that's how Captain Jack knows that the... Uh, no, 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 you're right, it's Utopia, the beginning of Utopia. Mm-hmm. He, he's got this uh, TARDIS alert. I don't know, it's his coral that goes off or his phone alert goes off that he does that. But anyway, uh, back on Dalek, as we say. Uh, th- this worked really well, and of course, one of the great transitions quite early on was um, when, when uh, Clara comes out and... Uh, in fact, um, might even yeah it's the, the bit you've just played isn't it where the transition where they get into the TARDIS and then the TARDIS opens out into the uh, the interior of the aeroplane I thought that was a fabulous cutaway shot and poor Clara clutching um, a, a mug of, of tea as she's going down and that by the way is the same set of the mugs that uh, Ian has I used to have as a, a kid uh, he, he spent about <laughs> half an hour talking about that 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 was really good I mean uh, and it was quite actually uh, thought provoking that you know the, 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 the way because like I just gave you some more intelligence a moment ago Lewis she gave the, the guy uh, some inventiveness uh, uh, in, uh, you know imaginary way to do it and, uh, and what better way than to clash a blooming 747 into their semi-detached house? I mean, it was a bit overkill, one would have thought. But, of course, it, it, it led for a spectacular um, yeah, escape yeah. Uh, with the Doctor. Yeah, It's a great scene. It's, it's well shot, and it's just... it's. The, I, I felt this whole, the whole story here, the pacing was very good. Um, the story moves along very quickly, yet it still has some quiet moments. You know, like right before that, the, the scene that you're talking about, right before the plane, there's a, there's a moment there with the doctor outside the TARDIS with Clara, and they're talking, and before the the spoon heads are activated, it, it's a nice quiet moment. So, it, like I said, it's, the, the story moves very quickly. In fact, it, it seems to end abruptly. Uh, that would be my... my, my negative about it and and i think you mentioned before how how it's it, it seems a little you know and i'm jumping to the end here but it, it you know the great intelligence returns and obviously this takes now this takes place um well after the snowman and this is takes place well after web of fear because now uh, the great intelligence makes a makes it known that he knows about unit, you know, because uh, uh, what's her face, Kit, uh, Miss um, Ketzlet Kets, yeah. mentions, you know, the unit yeah. is here. I believe they're friends of the doctor, and goes, oh yes, old friends, indeed. You know, he said something like that. So we know it, it takes pl- time wise. Now we're, you know, even though this takes place, this this episode is right after the snowman. We have to understand that many years have passed. Of you know, in um, Earth's time and also in the Great Intelligence time. So, um, but the Doctor sort of takes it. You know, obviously the Doctor now had somehow um, informed Unit because Unit's there. So he's leaving it up to Unit to tie it all up, which doesn't seem very Doctor-like. You know, he just is assuming that Unit is going to take care of it all because. If, if you remember at the end, he just sort of, he, his mission was to get Clara out. And so Clara, Clara came out along with Kitzel and, and, and that, the whole last batch of people that they sucked into the computer. But he's just, just trusting Unit to, he, he, I mean, he's not investigating who the client is or any, like It just doesn't seem very doctor-like. You figured the doctors would go in there and find out, you know, get to the bottom of this. And he didn't. He just leaves it up to well, unit. 
Well, I think that's why I said it's more of a companion episode. I think that yeah. you know the, the the problem was solved. So we go back to focusing on Clara uh, at the end of it. But I mean that reference. I mean I think you, quite right, it shows that we we can assume that the the great intelligence moves along our time stream. You know, in a, in a linear form. He's not got any sort of time travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, when when um, when he says to her about, yes, we know the unit. I'm assuming that was referring to the second Doctor story, you know, in the, yeah, the, with Webber, the Yeti and the yeah, underground. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's my, yeah, that's my Webber, point yeah. as well, you know, that, yeah. that it takes place well after yeah. Web of Fear, where the snowman takes place well before Web of Fear, you know, because Web of Fear was 1967, you know, that's when he shows, the, you know, in Snowman, the, the, that tin which had the subway map of um, the underground, rather, the London Underground, 1967, and which I guess um, sparked the idea of the great intelligence of using that as a, um, you know, a, a weakness to to you know to attack that. Area. A, net, a network to use, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, now uh, the other thing is that um, uh, I mean, after after the uh, the plane sequence, of course, um, the, the, we jump to them having sort of afternoon tea the next day, and uh, you know they've come the quick way to the next day, so it's meant that they they've. I mean, the doctor says something like, "You know, well, we've done this because they've been spending hours looking for us, and we're here refreshed." Then we have um, uh, this rather spooky scene uh, where we find out that. Uh, not just people have been taken over can be controlled, but um, you know if there's a, a local spot uh, just for temporary nature, people could be taken over. We have mm-hmm. the the man behind the counter, the woman, the little girl, and so on. Uh, and then we have um, a very, very, very good scene in to my mind where the doctor rushes back to see if Clara's yes. all yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's she's just done the clever bit, because obviously she's been upgraded now. So she realises the weaknesses, we all know, with any passwords, the weaknesses, the humans, beings. Uh, just read uh, here in the UK. Yeah. Still, it's, 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 uh, it's not about security. Tw- tw- it's about people. You know, she says something like that, which yeah. is a very true statement. You know, it's never about the security. It's about the weak- the weakest link is the people. Yeah, uh, they've just done a survey in the UK, and 23% of people who they serve is, their, their password is 12345. Yeah, it's either that or it's password yeah, uh, or it's monkey. It's, it's usually the same stuff. <laughs> but, yeah. but those scenes uh, that, that so, you just mentioned, there's some clever lines there that the, yeah. the doctor throws out, you know, t- talking about bref- breakfast. He says, it's a time machine. Yeah. You never have to wait for breakfast. And then he later on at, at the cafe when they're having breakfast, he goes, he goes uh, I can't tell the future. I only work there. Yeah, that was lovely. But the, then when it revealed that the, 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 that is the doctor's a spoonhead, that I didn't catch that. And uh, and and as Ian, sorry, Ian likes to say um, the the thing that that again, uh, I have things when things seem to be going wrong, and I start chuddering to myself, and uh, I lose focus. And that was when um, you know they're on the motorbike. I like the that the doctor says to us something like. Um, but she says, well, why don't we use the TARDIS to get there? And he says, I, 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 I don't take the TARDIS into battle. Well, that that is a very good line to have because mm. you can think so many stories where you think, well, why doesn't the Doctor just jump in his TARDIS and do this and that? Yeah. Now, we've had it explained in the classic series for uh, longer-term viewers that um, you know once the Doctor and the TARDIS evolved in the timeline, 
you know, then they're committed, as it were. They can't, you can't just, you know, like, <laughs> uh, you know, in the little spoof one, you can't, uh, you can't get, well, I went back hour, two hours before you planted that bomb. Yeah. Well, I went back four hours before you planted that bomb and put a cabbage there. And Because you know, you in, in the that. snowman, when Clara falls to her death, the, the doctor could have then taken the TARDIS and materialized before she fell and capture, you know, capture her. But, you know, you, you can't do that. Right, indeed. Um, but then, um, as I say, so I liked the bit on the motorbike, but then when they started to, uh, you know, fly up here, I was, I was, or he did anyway, should I say, I was really churning to myself, you know, they're, they're making too silly now, silly. Uh, didn't do any help that he had a 1930s helmet on his head as well, which <laughs> well, made him look he, he, he said, course, Did he mention he had anti-grav or something like that? <laughs> yeah, 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 I know, but even so, it... it I mean, to say, you know, the, the way he behaved, it, it seemed a bit daredevil for him to do. Of course, it, it was revealed that there was a reason why that. He was actually sitting in the cafe having a cup of coffee mm. and he'd sent the spoon head with the helmet on. Of course, that was indistinguishable from himself. And I, I really liked it once that, but I'd already spent five minutes chuddering to myself <laughs> when they said, no, you know, just watch, just watch. Well, I, I have to also give credit to, uh, we mentioned earlier in the news section about Murray Gold, but it, the music here is really, really great. And I think that that scene when he just, when we see him on the motorcycle going after Clara, you know, going to the Shard building, I, I think the music was really spot on. And it really, it captured the pace and the excitement. And I, I think uh, hats off to Murray Gold for this episode. I think um, even when he's putting out the... Um, the biscuits, what the 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 jelly, the Dodgers, the um, what are, what are they called? The those cookies that he was jelly Dodgers. Yeah, yeah the jam, when he was putting those out, the music was just spot on. I think um, this episode he did very well musically. Now another quite good thing was, of course, that that um, you know the the doctor had sent this message, of course, that you know uh, Clara, uh, this uh, was under her protection, and we'd had the scene where mm. it was only at that point we realised it was indeed the the great intelligence that was behind things. I think it's does suffer slightly that it is very similar to the wire and the concept of the wire from. Idiot's Lantern, but uh, again, I've heard many people said this is the Idiot's Lantern done right. Um, I don't know what you thought about that. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned it because the doctor and 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 um, and and what's her face were on the motorcycle uh, as well in that story. It was it's another yeah uh, well yeah on the, on the Lambretta yeah yeah oh yes yeah. 1950s Lambretta yeah yeah I, I didn't really tie so, I didn't tie the two together. Now in hindsight, I see the similarities, but when first appearing, first watching it. I, you know, I, I didn't make that connection, but I, I can see it now. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they they had their faces pulled off, where these people were having the brains sort of sucked mm. out of their body, weren't they? Uh, so, uh, yeah. But um, uh, we, have we mentioned, uh, given some credit out to some people, because uh, this episode was written by Stephen Moffat. We haven't really mentioned it, directed yeah, by we, we uh, to Paul mention. McCarthy. Yes, Carl uh, uh, McAfee uh, directed it, so and Stephen Moffat wrote it. Which he, he's um, he, he's written quite a, a bit for this um, for this series. Uh, he's um, you know obviously the 50th anniversary special. He, he's oh, yeah. the Snowman right before this he had written as well. So 
I know he's the lead writer. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, of the, the, I'm not complaining. I'm just he wrote. Uh, yeah, I'm just the making a point. Doctor the Wardrobe, Silent of the Daleks, The Snowmen, Bells of Saint John. Then we get quite a few, and then he, uh, the name of the Doctor, which is just the most recent episode, with people like uh, Neil Gaiman, Mark Gatiss, Stephen Thompson, Neil Cross, writing, and Ch- Chris Chibnall uh, being the other writer. Oh, and Toby Whithouse as well. Yeah, I mean they're getting a very well-oiled machine with these with these uh, things and writers and so on. So There's something else we'll look at. Ah. <laughs> I don't know who you are or why you're doing this, but the people of this world will not be harmed. They will not be controlled. They will not the be. The people of this world are in no danger whatsoever. My client requires a steady diet of living human minds, healthy, free-range human minds. He loves and cares for humanity. In fact, he can't get enough of it. I'm sure of it. Someone's hacking the webcams. All of them. Everybody check your webcams. But what would be the point? Taking mugshots of us, though. Who's on Facebook? Bebo, MySpace, Habbo. <laughs> Put your hands down if you didn't mention where you were. This ends. I'm going to end this today. How? You don't even know where we are. Who's doing this? Who is your client? Hmm? Answer me. Miss Kislet, we have a problem. I did it. I really did. I did it. I did it. I found them. You found them? The shard. They're in the shard. Floor 65. Floor 65. Are you listening to me, Doctor? I found them. I'm listening to you. You found them. This time we've really got her. So yeah, and that clip, the doctor that- is very curious on who the client is. You know, he, 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 but he, in the end, he never finds out, and that's very undoctor-like. You know, he, you would think that he wouldn't want to find out who the client is and and put an end to it. Because who's to say that even if unit shuts down this operation, that whoever that client is just is going to spring up somewhere else? But like you said, it's a it's a companion right. story, and the focus at the end is now. You know, he he wants to find out who Clara is, and he seems to have forgotten all about the jeopardy the Earth was in, and just left it to Unit's hands. And that clip did uh, underscore what you were saying about the the music. It's yeah. brilliant there. That was obviously the bit after he'd gone up the shard. So yeah. that was actually the next scene, just where we were talking about, really. So. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I mean, the, the whole thing fairly moved. There's only one thing I think I've forgotten to mention. There were there were a couple of people that mentioned they were like the odd continuity issues that we had on this. Uh, for instance, uh, that morning when they arrived, they moved the uh, TARDIS to the, the 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 bank of the Thames. You know, and they come out mm-hmm. busking for money and so yeah. on. Where before they come actually out with them, you know the 
it annoys the heck out of me when they leave the TARDIS door open. But then the next minute, it's it's closed. But he didn't snap his fingers. I mean, all he needed to do was snap his fingers. Uh, and that could have been another magic trick because that's what they were purporting mm-hmm. to be yeah. on, on the sides of the Thames there, wasn't it? So I, I guess I mean, just, in, in just hindsight, since, since the, the TARDIS is intelligent and, uh, in, you know, is a, sort of a... A character in herself, maybe she closed the door. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that has to be the explanation, yeah. I'm not too sure about this. Um, we've got this funny sort of, um, well, I call it uh, lagging. Um, the, the doorway has this sort of horizontal grey things. Now, that, that's just exactly like the foam that here in the UK you put round pipework, you know, to, to stop it from freezing and... Mm-hmm. You know, external pipework and that. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I, I suppose it's to stop them having to do elaborate CGI looking into the TARDIS. And also, you know, if they can position the camera properly, it saves them that. And um, it, 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 it forms a buttress between the interior and the external world. Mm-hmm. Well, um I also like the fact that we in this uh, in this story both uh, FaceTime and Twitter get mentioned, and uh, I'm glad they're using. And you know, they they didn't come up with something like you know face something. You know, they they used actual face uh, Facebook. You know, they they didn't come up. You know, sometimes they'll uh, they'll come up with something that sounds similar, but it's not really. We're supposed to all know what it is without saying what it is. But he, even on the screens, you see when um, Clara's matching. The faces, so you see, you see her going through face, um, uh, Facebook, uh, uh, Google Plus, and you know, so and you know, familiar names and familiar sites, and so it, it adds some credibility to it because so all too often they, they just make stuff up, and it just seems a bit silly for anyone that's in the know. Yeah, it throws you out of the story, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, what do you think, Ian? <laughs> yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> All right, well, I think we have one final clip and then we'll do our overall review, our overall summary. Okay. Where am I? What am I doing here? Are you soldiers? Uh, what's happening? How did I get out? Excuse me, where are the toilets? The toilets? I'm going to fix the toilets, the gents. Stay where you are! Mom, identify yourself. Where are my mum and daddy? They said they wouldn't be long. Are they coming back? The thing about a time machine, though, you can run away all you'd like and still be home in time for tea, so what do you say? Anywhere. All of time and space right outside those doors. Does this work? Hey? Eh? <laughs> Is this actually what you do? Do you just... Crock your finger and people just jump in your snog box and fly away. It is not a snog box. I'll be the judge of that. Starting when? Come back tomorrow. Ask me again. Why? If I was tomorrow, I might say yes. Some time after seven, okay for you? It's a time machine. Any time's okay. See you then. Clara? Uh huh? In your book, there was a leaf. Why? That wasn't a leaf. That was page one. 
Right then, Clara Oswald. Time to find out who you are. Yeah, well, two things uh, I want to say. I, first of all, when listening back to that scene, uh, <laughs> I don't know it, but I've got a feeling that that scene might have been her, um, what's the word they call it, uh, audition scene. Because, uh, I mean, I know she appeared in an earlier episode, but, uh, well, not an audition, yeah, it might have been, because, I mean, they do write things ahead of time, but... Mm-hmm. That had a very early feeling to it, uh, and one other thing, because um, we, we we skipped over the leaf from first bench, this <laughs> ever changing leaf. Um, it definitely in that book uh, that she the holds up. It's what we in the UK call the sycamore leaf, but the sycamore is a form of maple. So, but it, it isn't a Canadian maple. It's a it's a sycamore maple, and of course, it was much smaller than. The, well, perhaps we'll talk about that uh, on, a, on the very next episode. But, um, uh, you know, it looked rightly... And by the way, uh, when they showed the years down the side, I'm sure one of those years was skipped because she yes. crossed the, the yeah. years off. I and think it, was it went like, from like 22... And then it went from... F- I no, think no, it, it went from 15 to 17. 16 oh. was missing. But I, I think also 23 might have been missing. I think it went from 23... 20, ah. 20, 22 to 24 or... I, I, I might be mistaken, but I, I think there was... Somewhere... There might have been a couple of ones that, yeah. Somebody will have freeze-framed it, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's out there. <laughs> Overall, I, I really enjoyed the story. You know, like I said, I, it started off, I was a little apprehensive and, and weary of being, you know, like um, someone that, that's very knowledgeable in tech and, you know, and it started off being, okay, well, this is going to be, you know, Wi-Fi, this is going to be something that's very tech-centric, tech-centric and it's, and I was fearing that they're going to get a lot of things wrong or it's going to be silly or stupid or whatever, but um, overall, I mean, I'll give artistic license to the font that was used and all that. I can, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold it against it. Um, it. Like I said, it ends very quickly, though, um, he, here in that last scene, you know, he's going to find out, you know, he forgot all about who the client is. You know, he is, you know, we don't, he doesn't know it's a great intelligence. He doesn't care. He doesn't know who the client is. And it seems to have forgotten it. Just leave it up to unit. And he's going to find out who Clara is. So, but like you said, it's, it's a very much a Clara introduction story, even though we've, we've seen her twice before. Uh, those were other instances of Clara, not this is the actual, you know, you know, real Clara, I guess, for lack of a better word. So, yeah, it's, it's, I, I'm going to give it four out of five Tardis groans. I really enjoyed it. I thought the pacing, I said, was very good. I thought the music was good. It just moves along very quickly. I just think it ends a little bit too quickly. And I think that's what's, that's the reason why it's not a five, because of the ending just seems a little abrupt and, um, and, and didn't really tie things up, you know. It was just sort of like, you know, we didn't even see anyone from Unit. We just see these soldiers, you know, and I don't know. But it, so it seems to end a little abruptly. But overall, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I, I certainly did. It was a it, it was a, a good a good episode. Uh, I uh, I mean, it, it, there were some throwaway things in it, but there were some very very clever cuts. I thought there was some. Again, when you listen to the audio of these things, it does focus your mind somewhat, mm-hmm. uh, and and you you find so many little clever things. The General Louise Coleman character to me settled in uh, tremendously well as a companion. Uh, 
very quickly to mm-hmm. my mind. Um, we got uh, we, we I, I liked it the fact that the the title was no giveaway to what was going to happen. You had nowhere yeah. idea of where it was going to go, but we were quickly into the story. We had um, a, a suitable offbeat foe. Uh, we had, um, uh, you know, a bit of a, a scenic uh, tour of uh, London. We had uh, uh, quite snappy uh, dialogue. We had um, awful lot going on. And we had this sort of nice interchange between the Doctor and Clara. The only thing that um, did give me a little bit of pause for thought, again, even now, but watching it then, was that um, these references that Clara keeps saying, that, you know... It, that you know it's his snog box and this that and the other well i mean the way she sees the doctor mm-hmm. and you know he's protecting her i can understand her having uh you know connection and when she finds his tardis and that but to me she's she's almost no what's the word i can't put it she's she seems out of his league in terms of um uh, either out of his league or uh, he wouldn't interest her in terms of you know, all the geeky hand movements he does and things like that. Uh, I mean, with David Tennant, I can, you know, I can see it. But with with Matt Smith, I just wish he'd toned down some of these things that, that first crept in with the lodger, you know, where mm-hmm. there's his awkwardness around humans. Yeah. Um, I, I would have thought that could have been played less and less as we've gone on. And I'm not talking about him sort of whining and dining or and this, that and the other. Although uh, we do have references to uh, was it Cocktails on the Moon upcoming. But um, in, in this particular one, I, I'm not too sure of the dynamics between them. At the moment, he's got of course he's got knowledge that she hasn't got yet. This Clara doesn't know uh, although she might have guessed it from his entry at the door, you know, pretending to know. She doesn't know that he's met her yeah. or her likeness mm-hmm. before. So so there's this very uneven relationship. Now, you could argue, well, this is Stephen Moffat doing what he's done before because we had the uneven relationship with Riversong. So this is just a, a different way of, uh, of, of, of shaking up a relationship. You know, not a let's slowly get to know... Um, you know, our companion, and I don't like it when you know the companion is always going to be very important. I've said this before. You know, we've had about three companions on the run now. Whether the most important thing in the world are there are puzzles to be solved. Yeah, well, that's the um, whole. There've been puzzles uh, to be solved. I mean, that was the case with Amelia Pond, and now we we have it again with. with I mean, even though I enjoy Clara Oswald, Oswald, you know, but I again we're in that same thing where. Now the doctor's obsessed with you know trying to figure out who Clara is, just like he was trying to figure out who Amy was, because you know Amy had this crack in the wall, and you know he he gave great significance to Amy and, and how you know her, her significance in time and space and everything else, and um, so I don't know. It's it's hopefully um, the next companion will just be a companion <laughs> without any big mystery behind him or her. Right, indeed. Yeah, but uh, I, I'm not. I'm not too sure I can go to four and a half out of five. It's certainly it's a very strong four. It's a very strong yeah. four out of five. Yeah, and that's, um, that's what I gave it for. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, in terms of introduction to um, again, 
I mean, it's, it's very good. That, that This is the third time we're meeting this girl, but I'm not bored with her. I'm still entranced with her. Mm-hmm. I think uh, uh, the way she fires off him and she's sort of playing, you know, hard to get in some way, he's got to, um, as it mentioned on the... Uh, 11th Doctor revisited uh, BBC America, you know, you know the, uh, I think Stephen Moffat said in that, you know, uh, she makes the, dance, the, the Doctor dance that little bit harder, uh, you know, to try and uh, get her, you know, so she says, ask me tomorrow, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, that's not a barrier to him because he can just turn up tomorrow without having to wait. Yeah. But as far as she's concerned, um, you know, she's um, she wants to consider her options. Yeah. So, yeah, all in all, a very satisfactory start of the second half of Series 7. But uh, I'm very hopeful that uh, Series 8 will be, you know, uh, not a split series. Uh, because then you have to... You could argue you, it means you get two bites of the cherry for starts. But on the other hand, it means you've got to sort of pause and recap and bring yeah. everybody mm-hmm. board the bus yeah. again. yeah. I think, um, you know, like Stephen Moffat once said that when you have a split series, you have like two series finales, you know, because you have the mid one, then you have the one at the end, and then you have to, you know, it's just like when it comes back, you have to grab people again. This is a great episode for grabbing everyone again because it's so exciting and it sort of um, it, it accomplishes that goal. But um, it, it does mean that we, but we, the counter to that is yeah you lose momentum don't yeah. you if you, mm-hmm. you, you if you're having a sto- especially if you're having um, a series story arc but i mean they 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 they're obviously behind the scenes reasons and maybe you know it's in contract so they can have time off and so on but um hopefully um you know Doctor who 50th really really i mean i can't believe how Good shape. Now, I know there are some people saying, well, he's not in good shape. Uh, Moffitt's doing strange things with my programme. And uh, I know Mike Randall Thorson's, you know, his um, it, you know, character development is, is suffering because of clever plot points that he's trying to get in. Uh, and you can always argue, can't you, with Russell T. Davis and, and uh, different showrunners, they, they all have different strengths. I mean, Russell T. Davis, you know, I mean, he was basically a soap writer, so he could write dialogue and he could write human emotions uh, to very great effect, and he could start a story off very well. To my mind, his his weakness was not knowing how to end it. Stephen Moffat, you could argue, he knows how to to shake you about, throw you curveballs and this, that and the other. But the danger is then you, you run for 44 of the 45 minutes and then you have a you know a reset button solution, mm. so yeah. there's a lot to be said. I mean, whether you'd ever get somebody who can do all those things, I don't know because it, it, to keep coming up with these ideas, the, the, I mean, the quality of the production team, the the, the writers, uh, the whole the whole backlog, whether individual stories or not are ones to your liking, or whether the dre- I mean, I, the, the thing that I didn't like so much was this fairy tale being, you know, the theme that he was going for. Well, to me, this Bells of St. John isn't a fairy tale, because we're, we're, as you said, we're talking about sort of current day and we're bringing in modern terminology and modern things that all young people 
you know, they're all clued into that. Mm -hmm. So for them, it was a way... Yeah, so that was a way into the story. They they knew all these references that were being thrown. So for them, this was probably a great story to come in on because they're not having to learn a whole new dialogue. That's their world. Internet, Bebo, Facebook, you know, uh, we're in. We're paying subscribers, we know. Mm, yes. So, in that sense, it probably scored. Well, it did. I, I think we mentioned before uh, AI score of uh, eighty-seven, which is anything over eighty is is really good. So, uh, definitely a story. Uh, I think if you watch it more than once, you d- you don't look, f- you don't find more faults. You find more to enjoy in it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, Ian has. Uh, he's got his one-word review. Sure. <laughs> Which uh, obviously is a, a call to the spoon people, or uh, the, the the walking Wi-Fi um, 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 units, base units. Spoon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's caught it. All right. Well, we yep, have enjoyed that. <laughs> we have some feedback. As always, we always welcome your feedback, and you can call us at the Doctor Who. Podshock Public Call Box at 206-350-6463. And it works just like voicemail. So you call and you'll just leave a message. And uh, just always, um, if you could just leave your name and, and and the message so that we have, so when we play back your message, we actually have a name for you. So, uh, or you can also use your smartphone or your computer and record something. Uh, since it's an audio podcast, we always prefer audio feedback, but you could send written feedback as well uh, to uh, feedback at net. But you can record your feedback, let's say, on your smartphone. There should be a voice memo feature somewhere on your smartphone, be it an Android or iPhone, and you can record something and just email it once you record it to – and try, try to keep it you know, within of just you know three minutes or so, not too long because um, – you know. <laughs> Dave and I are, are blabbering with all you know <laughs> to great lengths, and we can't you know we can't have the episodes go too long. So if you can keep it concise and short, we do have one feedback that we want to uh, play for you today. This is from uh, Wall Digital, and he has some feedback concerning the 50th anniversary special, the Day of the Doctor. So let's hear what he has to say. Hello, Podshot crew. This is Wall Digital just wanted to give some thoughts on Day of the Doctor. I've been listening to several podcasts, and it seems a lot of people are having trouble uh, reconciling the that this totally retcons the Russell T. Davies era and also the end of time, and how does that all fit in? Uh, well, basically, it doesn't erase it or retcon it, in my opinion, Uh, As John Hurt says, I won't remember this, will I? I won't remember that I tried to save Gallifrey instead of burning it. And, And because David Tennant's doctor will not remember either, then it seems to me that Matt Smith forward will be the only doctors that remember uh, that they didn't burn Gallifrey. So you'll still have the angst of Eccleston and Tennant and Matt Smith up until this point because they've always thought they have destroyed Gallifrey. And also, in the end of time, 
the uh, high council says that the doctor has the moment. So that the end of time is actually happening before the events of most of Day of the Doctor. It's actually happening concurrently, probably in a couple of places. But, and, and in the Day of the Doctor, they also say that, um, he also mentions that the High Council also has a plan, and so I would take that to, to be Rassilon's plan uh, in the end of time. So I think everything fits just fine. And also people seem to say the Capaldi appearance doesn't make sense. Well, Capaldi, being a future doctor, would know of these events. I would assume that Matt Smith remembers, so Capaldi would also remember and, and knows what needs to be done. Very much a la time crash with the fifth doctor and tenth doctor so uh, everything seems to fit well with me now as far as the Tom Baker issue and at the end and who he's supposed to be I have no clue but does it really matter it was Tom Baker on TV in Doctor Who again so you know who knows as he says but in this case who cares it was Tom Baker Anyway, that's all I've got. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you. And um, and I have to say, I, I agree Good points. 100% with what, what you have to say there. I, I had mentioned it myself in a previous episode of Doctor Who Project when I referenced some newspaper article. I don't know if it was The Guardian or whatever. Had written a review of the day of the Doctor. And it was basically ripping it apart, saying that this now the ending now negates everything that happened before this. And that's not the case. As it was said, um, the War Doctor doesn't remember what's going to happen after this. Um, neither does the Tenth Doctor. The only one that that's remembers this point, what what happened in the day of the Doctor moving forward, would be um, uh, Matt Smith's the Eleventh Doctor or whatever number you want to call him. Now, <laughs> going forward from that point on, you know everything before that. They they are under the assumption that they did destroy Gallifrey. So all that still remains true. Well, uh, uh, indeed. In fact, um, the, the thing about the, uh, the the caretaker as well. I mean, even the eleventh Doctor wasn't sure that they'd succeeded. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. And but um, yeah, uh, but I think I think it's a it's a valid point that um, you know it the the the, it's the caretaker the whether that is the the Doctor having retired to that job or not uh, that that is totally. Uh, outside, I think, whether it's true or not, is outside the Mm storyline. I think that's just Mm -hmm. uh, uh, virtually a a cameo. But about the the third, the Peter Capaldi doctor coming in, whether he knew to come in because the memory was uh, from the Matt Smith doctor or not, or whether the, the three doctors together who were planning this put a telepathic, uh, signal out and all incarnations of the Doctor got the message, as it were, because those telepathic signals go across time, don't they? So, so he may have just heard the clarion call, as it were, uh, and and arrived, not necessarily arriving because he remembers as the Eleventh Doctor, 
you know, this was a time and date to put in his diary. And indeed, if my speculations, he wouldn't have done it from the 11th Doctor. So I would like to think that he basically got the telepathic call across time and space. Well, that would explain the uh, earlier Doctors. That all all like, Doctors were needed. Because yeah. I, cause that was my problem watching this, was that how did the early Doctors know to do that? You know, how did the early, how did, you know, the first Doctor and second Doctor and third Doctor know to, to do, to to uh, to go to Gallifrey at that time and and space because um, we see Gallifrey and we see the multiple Tardis Tardises around Gallifrey so we know they were all there but how did they know and if you say and one explanation like you said could be some sort of telepathic message um, that was sent through time and space to his earlier selves if that's are indeed well no 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 don't forget that. Whether the different doctors or not, it's the same TARDIS, and it's the TARDIS that the the I mean, the TARDIS and the Doctor are telepathically linked. So even if it's all different incarnations of the same Doctor, it's still the same TARDIS. So that signal would emanate through all the, the TARDIS through all its timeline. So as long as it's the same timeline as the TARDIS, you could argue the message would get through. But it's an earlier timeline for the TARDIS, so it's the the, the events that happened there. Yeah, but the but but the the TARDIS has you know I mean that Eye of Harmony that uh, or whatever you want to call it that Bad Wolf mm-hmm. or the Rose looked into. Um, yeah, it's um, all, yeah. Remember okay. when it's, when we when we yeah I, when, I know where the, you're um, going. Yeah, the, the Doctor's wife. Yeah, the Doctor's wife when she says she's got something like twenty eight uh, different. Wallpapers, and he says, "Well, I haven't used that many, you know." Uh, but those, some of those are future ones it hasn't used yet. But there's something about the um, about it being, um, you know, it's dimensionally transcendental, but it's also time transcendental. Like it, it, like that Paul Bad Wolf thing is that she was able to see all time all at once, and and that's what like maybe the TARDIS yeah. sees, and 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 so maybe the TARDIS. Can you know sees the past and the future all at once, and maybe I don't know. We're, we're getting really <laughs> deep into this, but no. But I, I, I think the the, the call the, the the telepathic call went out, and it didn't matter where or when the the you know the 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 call went out. But uh, all good points, uh, uh, Wall Digital. Thank you for that. Okay. Well, we welcome your feedback. Maybe you have some theories and speculations on on all this and we want to hear what you have to say so once again you call the Pachak public call box at 206-350-6463 or just send your feedback to feedback at Pachak that's Pachak.net not .com but .net because if you send it to .com we won't get it <laughs> so just like the the doctor forms a network with his other selves we we have a network among ourselves so it's net not com so uh once again Brilliant. i think that's gonna wrap up this episode like i said I, I sort of enjoy going back and you know even though it's what six months or eight months whatever it is since um you know these stories had originally went out but um it gives me a chance to see them again and see them in um more in the comfort of my own home you know where I, earlier i was displaced watching it so um i'm enjoying them all over again so i hope you are as well, our listeners. I know uh, some of this might be dated, but like I said earlier with Doctor Who fans and, and our reviews, you know, we, we're going to be reviewing earlier 
stories as well that go back to like the second doctor and all that and um so it, it doesn't matter you know old or new we review them all <laughs> you can't get away that easy yeah okay well dave thank you once again you can always find dave on the cult and collective as well which he does with ian every sunday at 2 p.m on talk shoe and i i also i should also make a mention it's because some had inquired with me and, and, and didn't... When we say cultum, it's it's C-U-L-T-D-O-M. So that's... It's not really, you know, a proper word, whatever. Like, like fandom. Like fandom. Fan, it's like cult fandom. plus fandom, yeah. yes. So, because um, some people are, are, couldn't understand and they were searching for the show and um, I had to clarify it. So it's, it's the cultum collective... And again, that's Sundays at two on Talk Show. It's also uh, that's for the live show. You can also you don't if you don't catch the live show, it's available via iTunes as well. Um, but if you do want to catch the live show, the Talk Show ID number. I'm going to hand it off to you, Dave. It's five four eight two one. Okay, so you'll um, you you can use that to find the show on Talk Show on Sundays at two. Indeed, yeah. Okay, and speaking of which, we're probably going to be, because we usually do our live shows reviewing new episodes, so maybe for time, the time of uh, the, the Christmas special, the time of the Doctor will return with a live show. So tentatively, it's kind of going to be the weekend after, probably um, maybe Sunday after uh, the Cultum Collective. So Dave has some, hopefully, um, <laughs> he has a, a chance to catch his breath be, you know, between the two shows. So uh, tentatively, maybe four four thirty um, on Sunday. We have to see about if time wise. Uh, keep an eye on our site, Podshock.net or GallifreyNBC.org. Dave, uh, you don't start without me, you know. We could, but it won't be the same. <laughs> it's either that, or, or maybe you know we could do it saturday so we don't have the conflict but i i'm not sure what dave's schedule is like for saturday so but um you figured that weekend um again we should have another studio episode out before then so maybe we'll have a better idea at that time and also as i said just keep an eye out on our website podshock.net or gallifrenemcy.org for um the latest info on that yeah so if you want any feedback to be uh, read out or played out trying it in as soon as you hear this podcast yes but also realize that you know it, when we do a live show you know the live people will take precedence so you know the, try to be there live with your feedback if possible um if well, not, i'll try to be live yeah. yeah i mean if not i mean you can always send in your I feedback s- if it doesn't get played on the live show we'll play it in a studio show afterwards ah. so but when we do the live show we always the people that are attending live take precedence over anything that's recorded you know but it's always welcomed <laughs> all right so until then um cheers everyone we'll catch you next time on dr hupachak bye all you have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock, presented to you by the fan-run GallifreyNMC.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Doctor Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. Podshock.
This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the Podchuck Podcast Companion app now in the iTunes App Store. Visit ArtTrap.com for more information on this and other podcasts. There's something in the Wi-Fi. Okay. This whole world is swimming in Wi-Fi. We're living in a Wi-Fi soup. Suppose something got inside it. Suppose there was something living in the Wi-Fi, harvesting human minds, extracting them. Imagine that. Human souls trapped like flies in the World Wide Web, stuck forever, crying out for help. Isn't that basically Twitter?